0: This is Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. Hello, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochrane. And please don't text us today um, because we're not live. Hopefully I won't be saying that again for a very long time because we should be back in the studio soon. But today we aren't, so don't text us. However... You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, or of course, you can email us via the Absolute Radio website. Good morning, guys. Morning, Morgan. <laughs> no, um, I I really don't like not being live, as as you know, mainly because I like getting lots of text come flying in and from our. Um, Readers responding to stuff that we've said. It's like being sitting at some enormous, if you can imagine, the sort of witty King Arthur's round table where people are just chalking in stuff all the time. It's like a, there's there's a double whammy today. Aside from that, one of them is um, at time of recording, the last games of the. Um, the championship have not been played, um, football-wise. So, as I speak, I don't know whether my team, West Bromwich Albion, are now in the Premiership or if they're facing that most preposterous of activities, the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, they were sort of out of it all last. I won't bore you if you're non-football, but just briefly, they 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 would they, they'd messed it up, they'd bottled it, and then the other team. Um, Brentford, who were close behind them last Saturday, uh, I could see the same fear in their eyes when I watched their game that I'd seen in in uh, West Brom's, and they they bottled it as well. So I know if we win, if we won last Wednesday, that that um, I will would love it when you hear this. Yeah, then uh, that'll be tremendous news. And the other thing is, I was looking at um, Birmingham Live which many of you will know is the sort of uh, internet place for Birmingham news. Never off it. Yeah. And um, it said on there that on the, why it was on Birmingham Live, I don't know uh, particularly, but it says on there that on the 24th of July, which I think was yesterday, Friday, yesterday, Mm -hmm. um, 24th of July, that a meter with a, 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 sorry, a, a asteroid with a hundred and seventy meter circumference was going to go perilously close to, close to the earth and we'll feel foolish if that's hit and we haven't we're not referring
1: to it i feel today. like that's the sort of news story that the regional newspapers shouldn't be the only ones covering you think so <laughs> wouldn't you i don't think they've
0: got a lot of uh, Maybe there's still some dinosaurs and it's, it's a story still very close to home for those guys.
1: But is it specific, is the meteor specifically going to graze Birmingham and well, where else is that? You know bondage? what? what? I'll tell you yeah. what it's light on
0: this article and it's light on um, distance. Oh yeah. So it says that it helps the reader with the 170 metres conference, uh, uh, circumference, by saying that is Half as much again, the circumference of the London Eye. Yeah. Oh, now, I know many of their readers will be saying, <laughs> oh, don't know why you brought London up, all so London, eh? Which is what I yeah. would have said. Um, um, but also, um, it, it gives you the technical, it doesn't say the distance, but it tells you that the asteroid is known as 2020 ND. That's what it's called which is so ND for no danger, isn't it? It's got (laughs) to be. (laughs) But uh, I don't want to name that. Obviously, um, it worried me because NASA um, have been so busy getting in touch with people who think they've changed their star signs that there might be an asteroid heading towards Birmingham that they haven't really picked up. Because people are phoning them saying, hey, I used to be locking in love, and now I'm just ambitious.
2: You know, they want to do a little more asteroid policing and a little less uh, producing satin bomber jackets for Buzz Aldrin to wear. Yeah. OK? Thank
0: yeah, you. I think that. I, I mean, I wouldn't... There's not long now probably to go with Buzz. It would be, be very <laughs> oh, sad to cut off his um, <laughs> silk bomber supply at this stage. <laughs> That'd be unnecessarily... I wonder where they'll all go, those, uh, those yeah. silk bombers.
2: I think, I think we know one will end up in a certain North London home.
0: Oh, I'd Mm -hmm. love it. Imagine that. Imagine an actual (laughs) Boz Aldrin silk bomber. Right, hang it next to my um, (laughs) London hard rock (laughs) cafe leather varsity (laughs) jacket. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I was reading, and this is... I know we try and keep it light on the show, but I was reading that the Thames, you know, that river that sort of goes from the Cotswolds yeah that big river the Thames (laughs) Uh, it's got a major plastic problem going on at the moment now I know that's someone that's talked about a lot um but I was talking to my eight-year-old about this he is his years his years representative eco-warrior at school So Mm. they have to have meetings now and again in which they talk about. Basically, they used to spy on their parents. So we will go and say if we're not putting the stuff in the right bins. Is that right? It's a fabulous East Germany theme they've got going. (laughs) Yes. Bob, he was, uh, you know, we were talking about the plastic thing and I pointed out to him and I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but when I was, he's got a, a Mr. Potato head. You know those um, toys? Yeah. I was going to say, he's a beautiful child. I won't have that <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I should have expressed it more more subtly. Now, he's got a Mr. Potato Head, and in the modern um, Mr. Potato Head style, it is a plastic, um, it's I mean, sort of potato-ish shaped thing, and then you stick eyes and noses. Yeah. He's actually got the 11th Doctor, Mr. Potato Head. He hasn't yes which one's the 11th one um matt smith okay i like that one so he has got a face and floppy hair and dicky what and hat
2: everything. does mr potato head normally wear well that's you've you got
0: hey you got a choice <laughs> because that's the whole thing with mr <laughs> potato head is the endless versatility of having things just yeah. stuck into you um which i think pete doherty once said to me oh come <laughs> on but um when i was a kid and i had a mr potato head when you opened the box what you got was all the stick on noses and hats and hands and shoes but you had to provide a potato in which you stuck them that's right
1: you stuck them
2: did you have that out with mr potato head
1: i'd forgotten but yes i now realize
2: me also now
0: that isn't it crazy that in an age where kids are taught at school that plastic is a bad thing, that we've mm-hmm. actually gone away from the organic to the plastic in the Mr. Potato Head world. I think you're right. I've got another point. Stick around. <laughs> the Nerf gun, yes. which is a gun that fires, um, a plastic gun that fires um, foam plastic bullets, very popular amongst children. When I was a kid, used to be a thing called the potato gun, very
1: popular. Do you remember that, Al? I do and I, I think I know where this is going. Yeah, it was a metal gun <laughs> and you used Neither to say I don't. We well, used
0: to stick it into the potato and it would like take out a pellet of potato which you could then fire. Yeah. Again, great for the environment. Yeah. Hmm. Now,
1: my third of not, these... Not so great for the carpet, potato everywhere. No, but, you know,
0: I, I to was going to say,
2: not, not so great for the guests either. <laughs> I mean, come on.
0: At least they you know they've been hit by something organic. Um, although I wouldn't want to shoot Emily with a carbohydrate... She'd yeah, forgive
2: <laughs> my body repels them automatically. No, this
0: is where I, this is at. This point, I want to turn to you guys for help. I have got a distant memory, and I haven't looked this up because I just oh, can't be bothered to look things up. I like to talk to people about them. I've got an idea that there used to be a potato radio that you stuck oh. wires into, and you could actually you could get a station on there or two. I'm going to give you a few minutes to think about that.
3: Frank Skinner
0: on Absolute Radio. So I was trying to sa- save the planet in the last link with my uh, potato replaces plastic ideas. Um, I-, I mentioned the potato radio. Does that ring a bell with any of you guys? Yes, I think yes. it's oh. a thing. Absolutely.
2: It was a sort of science project thing, as I recall. Yeah. I remember
0: the little red curly wires sticking out. Yeah, that make yeah that made the potato look like uh, a security <laughs> person. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they've always got that curly wire behind the ear. Yes, yeah.
2: yes. No, absolutely, that was a thing, Frank. I suspect I, think, always... there might,
1: I think there might also be a potato, um, like little engine car that you can get in. Uh, what you know, you know, places like the gadgety shop or something where you you can motor a toy with a potato i'm pretty sure you can make it do things
0: on that but subject thinking, do you think elon musk
1: is aware of this? <laughs> i think he's got shares in potatoes Oh, probably mm-hmm. not um
2: on that oh. subject was there ever he seems nice elon musk um on that subject was there ever <laughs> the equivalent like the of a sort of, of billy bass fish dancing sunflower um feet potato do you know what i mean? What, did the potato ever get its moment in those gadget
0: shops mm I can't um there used to be uh in a uh, in the um salvation Army broadsheet actually it wasn't a broadsheet <laughs> it was um it was like a magazine but made on cheap paper it used to be handed around the pubs. there was a cartoon. Featuring Sam Spodikins, who was a potato <laughs> who had adventures and, and would then uh, speak to the... Um, at the end, he'd, he'd, he'd share a moral with the readers. Oh, oh I because he was really. in the Salvation Army. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. because potatoes are profoundly moral vegetables. Did you not know that? <laughs> I, imagine, I imagine they're amongst the most serious of the vegetables, don't you? You reckon? Yeah, well, yeah Maybe. I mean, if ever, if ever a vegetable got bad press, there's all this, you know, eat, oh, eat as many, many you know, five a day is brilliant. Oh, that's it. Eat your vegetables. But not we're not counting potatoes. They're bad for mm. you. So, yeah, I feel for them a bit. And also, there used to be, I used to date somebody, actually, who did um, a kid's TV show, which was like a kid's cookery show. And there was a talking potato um person on there, like a potato poppy, not a person who was potatoesque mm. so yeah they've had they 've had their um they 've had their fifteen minutes of fame <laughs> potatoes, as <laughs> predicted by andy warhol, so i don 't think he was that specifically thinking of them.
2: he doesn't look like he was a fan of the potato andy warhol
0: no no he he he, he really doesn't he looks yeah. like he was a fan of the uh, southern end of a leak (laughs) turned upside down you could actually make a very good andy warhol poppy with an (laughs) upturned leak almost no work to do if you had a a few extra uh, mr potato man uh, noses and that lying around and just stick some black tights on for a polo neck bob's your uncle yeah and i think um just a little bit of ketchup for the uh, the psoriasis <laughs> oh on the face. God. And uh, you're in business there. So if there's any kids listening, uh, there you are, Mr Mister Maker, um, in brackets, pop art icons. Uh, that's how you make uh, a lovely little Andy Warhol poppy with a uh, the southern end of a leak. <laughs> Here's a question, for you. I, I, I figure you guys... Um, see, this is where I miss the readers being immediately on tap. Do um, racehorses still swallow their tongues?
1: Oh, you're oh. right. That would be an excellent question to hand over to the public.
0: Yeah, I don't suppose you guys got any idea, have you?
1: Uh,
0: I've got to be honest. My dad was a very a, a big um, horse racing uh, gambler man. And I say big, he'd he have like He'd have a quid and ten pence on most days, Um, but every now and again he'd say to me, "Oh no, that that horse uh, swallowed it. It had to pull out. It swallowed its own tongue." I don't think it was fatal, um, always,
1: but I think it's um, a thing that humans do as well. But um, is it not very often? Yeah, occasionally footballers their own tongues. Yeah, and they get stretched off, and it's scary. Oh,
0: oh God, I didn't know that happened. I, I, the reason I think it sprang to mind is I was um, looking at the lyrics to Sa Plan Pour Moi oh, yes. by um, Plastic Bertrand. I was looking in translation, and it was. A, it didn't feel like a very good translation. I could be wrong, but one of the things was that he said it's, his cat had eaten its own tongue. Ooh. And I don't, I don't think that can happen unless you remove it and then blah, blah. blah. But uh, if anyone knows about these things, um, do let us know. And even if you let us know and we, we talk about it next week, these are the sort of things that are important to me.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> we've had um, making uh, Andy Warhol out of leeks and cats mm. swallowing their tongues. How's your morning going?
1: Well, wow, <laughs> pretty food-based. <laughs>
2: We I tell you what we need, Frank, is uh, Lee Mack. He knows about the horses,
0: doesn't he? Didn't he oh, yeah. used to
2: train Red Rom? Is that an urban myth? Well, I think He, it might he be
0: told true. me, he told me the first horse he ever rode was Red Rom.
2: Oh,
1: wow.
0: That's impressive. I mean, that is one of those where where do you go from here,
1: isn't it? Like yeah. my first flight being to Australia. Was that right? Yeah. Wow. Did it did it occur to you that you might not like flying? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, suppose, I suppose it must have.
0: Yeah. So
1: that now uh, that
0: would be um that would be a good text in, wouldn't it? What what's the best in at the deep end thing yes. you ever did? <laughs> Lee Matt, Red Rom, Alan Cochran. I don't know what mine would, would be, but um it's something I'll continue to think about during the course of this show. I'm just gonna open a bottle of purdies. Mm. There it goes. I wanted to tell you what I was doing in case you thought Sponsor I was uh, breaking the neck of a domestic pet.
2: Where was your <laughs> so first flight, think. Frank? Do you remember?
0: My first flight, um, that was um, turned out to be a biggie. I flew to um, Rome mm. and the plane was struck by lightning. Oh, yeah. So um, I, you know. I thought just a loud bang and a few people looked panicky, and I thought maybe this happens a lot on planes. It's never happened to me since. Well, ignorance mm. is bliss in that regard, isn't it? It is. Yes. Yeah. I was once <laughs> on a, a plane that started to land, came into land, and at the very last minute it went up again. Oh! And my partner is not a great flyer. Said to me, "What happened? What happened?" And I said, to, <laughs> "Oh, they do that a lot." You know, it's just they, uh, they go in and then they say, oh, actually, can you give it five minutes? And we just go up again. Don't worry about it. It's happened to me loads of times. Total lie. I was terrified as well. And then the steward walked past and did that mopping his brow whew, thing, <laughs> as he, which really helped. It really, really helped. So if you're listening, Luigi, thanks for that.
3: <laughs> Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio.
2: We were talking just now about what you called in at the deep end moments. Al, your first ever flight was to Australia, which is very yeah. impressive. That I'd like to impressive. add something to the proceedings, which is first time I ever played Boggle was with uh, James Coburn of The Magnificent Seven. Thank you. That is wow. Cool.
0: <laughs> that so is, uh, was he any s- good?
2: Ha- oh, he was good at everything. Can you imagine? He was good at everything.
0: You'd have liked but, him, Al. He was—he
1: was a martial arts enthusiast. I've, um, I've enjoyed several clips of him being interviewed. Actually, I really yeah. like him. He seems like he's sound. Yeah, he, I wasn't. He was like, oh, sorry. Carry on.
2: I wasn't familiar with the game, you see. So it's quite a lot to take on board.
0: I've never played Boggle. I must say, certainly not with uh, James Coburn.
2: Well, it's oh, egg timer based. And he it seemed slightly too monumental for the miniature egg timer. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? That you get in the game. He he seemed all... It was all wrong with his giant Hollywood limbs. <laughs> you Thank sure you. you're not thinking a twister? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have played that with Richard Whiteley. That's enough name dropping. Have you actually? Yes, I have.
0: That's yes. funny. With Richard Whiteley. Yes. yes. Mm. I... Um,
1: you, you both have a lot of celebrities playing really normal games anecdotes, I find. <laughs> Much more so than me, I've not got those games Well, anecdotes. Frank and
2: I also played Pictionary with Frank.
0: What, with my, that was that with Michael Hutchins?
2: Yes, that was, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Thank <Okay. laughs> you. Yeah. He could I write a book tell, on this. I couldn't <laughs> tell what he was uh, answers. Where was that tangerine in his mouth? <laughs> oh, Frank. And I've seen I what I've been um, watching just lately. For goodness sake. Um, <laughs> Twin Peaks. Oh. oh, yeah. Now, Twin Peaks, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but when it was first broadcast in probably whoa, 89, maybe, hmm. I was so obsessed with it. It was one of the first non-Doctor Who match of the day TV shows, perhaps the first that I watched every episode. I made a point of people would say, Oh, do you fancy going out Thursday, and whenever it was? And I'd say, no, I can't, Twin Peaks is on. This was um before we had a VHS recorder, which obviously mm-hmm. changed our lives. Um and I've tried on a couple of occasions to get Kath to watch it, my partner, and she um she won't be forced. Kath is a very keen runner, and I remember once Caster Semenya was running a race on the telly and was just about bursting into that last 400 yards where her stride becomes a real thing to see. Oh, yeah. And I said to Kath, wow, look, here goes Caster Semenya. And um, she was on the sofa with me, but she wouldn't turn her head the four inches of arc it would require to watch because <laughs> she didn't like being told what to do. <laughs> and anyway, I've, I, we tr- we, I got her as far as the pilot of Twin Peaks about a year ago And uh, she didn't care for it So we didn't even finish watching the the 90 minute pilot um, mm. And I love it so much You know, it's a difficult emotional thing to, to share something you love With someone you love oh, yeah. if they don't like it yeah i remember how she hated man with two brains the steve martin thing. <laughs> um. anyway so this time we had a. I i managed i she suggested it in fact to my joy and i i played it down like oh, you know I can if you like if you like and we watched the whole pilot and she said after that was absolutely brilliant and i said well i can't understand we watched it before you didn't like it she said, "Yeah, I think if I remember rightly, the last time I watched it, I was angry with you, so I decided not to like it." Oh, respect, absolute no. respect. Is that how we live, people?
1: <laughs> <laughs> was that your
0: reply? <laughs> no, I'd be too frightened <laughs> to say that. I just said, "Yes, darling." Well, it's all turned out for the best. I think is what I say.
3: <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.
0: Hello, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Don't text us, we're not really here. I'm afraid this is a pre-recorded show. But you can still um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. And of course, you can email us via the Absolute Radio website. We've put a couple of things on uh, Twitter and Instagram, though, that are mainly about... People, I think, who um, went in at the deep end at various activities. Um, one uh, example being the first time Alan Cochrane <laughs> went on an aeroplane, he flew to Australia.
1: Yes. Yeah. I hope he um, stopped on the way. Yeah.
0: But Kuala I think Lumpur?
1: I think it was somewhere like Abu Dhabi or... Oh, okay. But it was one of those ones where I stayed in the airport for seven hours and then flew onwards to Australia. So it was still quite a big mm. commitment i remember what that's what it was no no she she went on an airplane <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: i knew you'd do it
2: i knew you had it in you we
0: Very stopped good. at uh, kuala Lumpur, and i was smoking at the time and uh Lovely. you could smoke on the flight in those days if you sat near the back
1: um,
0: so uh the, the, i wasn't sitting at the back obviously so mm. um i Went into the first class lounge at Kuala Lumpur, and there was a guy there. And I said, "Are you allowed before I, just before I went in?" I said, "Are you allowed to smoke in the uh, first class lounge here?" And the guy said, "I I think you have to." <laughs> <laughs> and when I went in, I think everybody in there was smoking. At Different times. Yeah. Smoking's bad for you, by the way. Can I tell you that's the official absolute yeah. radio policy. Uh huh.
2: We've got. We've had uh, some of our readers have got in touch uh, via Twitter regarding in at the deep end moments. Alex Ware says, "My first time playing a gig abroad was a hardcore heavy rock festival in Belgium. We were an acoustic act." Oh dear! Oh come on!
0: Oh dear! My first ever, um, first time I played banjo on stage was at a bluegrass festival. Mm. in Uh, um Kansas where you know it is banjo playing is a very very serious activity and I was really bad I mean I'm not being modest I could barely get through the tune it was for a documentary and it was all set up for my humiliation you know as some documentaries are Uh and um (laughs) as I I mean, I'm not proud of this. But as I went on stage, I adopted a slight limp. (laughs) Wanting... (laughs) What I was trying to get across was the audience (laughs) to think, I bet this guy used to be a brilliant banjo player and then he's been in some terrible accident. Right. Mm. And he's still
1: Mm. battling on, but, you know... No, it's, it's nice that you gave them quite a big internal monologue about you.
0: <laughs> well, it was a very <laughs> tense, um, I got to say it was a, the judges on this, uh, banjo contest sat behind a curtain so you couldn't see them. Oh yeah. And, um, I was told that's because there'd been physical threats in the past, like weeks after the event. Yeah. Um, some judge had been getting into his pickup, just waiting while the the, um, the red setter jumped in the back, and a bloke <laughs> would appear from a tree and say, "What in hell's wrong you with <laughs> And um, <laughs> grab him by the um, the straps of his dungarees and yeah. uh, throw him across the car park. So uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a terrifying experience, I must say. I picked my way through a wildwood flower like, but still warm applause at the end, just in case the limp was real. I felt from the audience. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio.
0: Have we had any other um, sort of online uh, contact?
2: Yes, we have. Uh, We've had a missive from Steffi, if Twitter can count as a missive, um, a brief missive. She says, re-in at the deep end, I moved to Bristol from Reading on a total whim without ever having visited the place. I got a cab from the station, asked him where a nice place to live would be. He dropped me there and I found a house to rent. I've been here 18 (laughs) years now. 18 years. That is amazing.
1: And...
0: Mm -hmm. um, have the mafia found you. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> Steffi wow, close quote.
0: Incredible. What I thought it was gonna be Steffi here. I married Boris Becker straight <laughs> off. <laughs> that's brilliant now. And it was so it it, it it worked out, I so. Yeah, right. Do you like know what Steffi
2: ends the tweet with? Best decision I ever made. How often wow. can you say that?
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, it what's the best a... decision you guys ever made?
1: Uh, four <laughs> eggs on toast, hospital path.
0: Well, <laughs> I, I take it back.
2: I mean, I have a few. Imagine mm. how imagine how sycophantic if I said doing this show, Frank. Mm. But it's true.
0: Yeah, would it be, uh, I would say be up there with some of mine doing this show.
1: Yeah, yeah it's fun, isn't it? It's is. we just have to <laughs> laugh? laugh.
2: One more from uh, Annie Gay, who says, First and last time I went windsurfing in Manga, Spain. Very windy day. I couldn't control the board and was lost at sea for several hours before being rescued by a German windsurfer.
0: Wow, yeah. that's a terrifying story. Annie, are you As OK? someone who's a bit frightened of water, I mean, that is a scary story. Well, I suppose
1: when we ask... What have you been in at the deep end? Well, we're going to get couldn't... a water based oh. story. Eventually. That it couldn't have been more perfect than that. Yeah, really. yeah.
2: Annie's delivered. The sea. Well the done, Annie. You're a
1: deep
0: end. A, <laughs> you're a hero. Is there any, has there been any response to um, last week? Because I, I like it when we get stuff that people um,
1: we um, we have actually. not then pull us up on or something. You were asking some <laughs> questions last week about Justin Topper. <laughs> Yes, well, because
0: we were talking about um, the NASA and astrology, which was in the news last week. And I of looked course. up, when I, when I hear the word astrology, I think Justin Topa. Yeah. So I, um, I looked up his Twitter, and all I found really of note was that he said he'd developed a new catchphrase for saying <laughs> goodbye, which was stay frosty.
1: Well, I didn't understand what it meant. <clears throat> Some anyway. of our outside world correspondents seem to think that he did not develop this catchphrase of Stay Frosty. Mm. It seems to be already a thing. Um oh, uh, James Ford in
2: there. is <laughs> behind Foley the curve. Said,
1: stay yep. Frosty is a catchphrase off Call of Duty. Oh uh, Jacko says also in generation cool means stay cool and focused, I think. So it's oh. sort of like a a version of Stay cool, but on steroids and you know in warfare or so online warfare
2: a sort of military phrase is it yeah okay well what do I'm,
0: you think of I'm, that? I'm sorry i mean i you know don't shoot the messenger i um i i trusted topa that it was his <laughs> his thing. <laughs> And that's what when you tr- don't trust Topa, that's my. Uh... This
1: is the problem with plagiarists; like they get away with it for a while, don't they?
0: It makes you wonder if his predictions are all um, straight yeah. off the bat, or if They're probably um, reloaded mystic
1: them. bags, aren't they?
0: Oh, I hope not. <laughs> that would be awful. Maybe there's just like a sort of a, a bank of things that they go to.
2: Are you sure it's not a reference to his highlights? Because he does <laughs> have. Very frosty tips on his hair. I'm just saying.
0: Oh, I'm, it's really good that he's. I, I expected you to say, well, uh, we've had a text saying that Justin Toper died in the uh, early 2000s. <laughs> I'm just happy that he's. <laughs> even if he's thieving, I'm still happy he's alive.
3: <laughs> Frank
0: Skinner on Absolute Radio. Um, we were. Uh, in what we like to call the outside world, looking at our um, weekly correspondence. What else is kicking around?
2: I'll tell you who we've heard from are international readers, and I love hearing from them. Mm. The best use of the word international, by the way, I ever saw was on a fax, which was back in the day when I was uh, training at the Sunday Times, and I saw the fashion director received a fax from, I believe it was Giorgio Armani, saying, thank you so much, you really are one of my closest, comma, international friends.
0: <laughs> wow, that's lovely. Georgia. <laughs> uh Dana International, of course, is a great <laughs> use. <of it. laughs> so well, this is from docu- our- A documentary of the other night that referred to someone as um, one of Collar <laughs> TV's best loved personalities. <laughs> Oh, that's good. (laughs) And Colour TV is not something I really think of anymore. Obviously, it is Colour (laughs) TV, but it doesn't seem like you have to make that point anymore. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Anyway, well, well, tell you what I watched as well? I watched a documentary about um, Bob Ross. Me too. Did Did you watch that? Terrible documentary. Yeah, not a great documentary. But But good good to see... um, Good to see that Bob, Bob Ross is someone we talk about occasionally on. He does a show called The Love of Love of Painting. Joy, called, of Painting? Yes, Joy of Painting. Joy of Painting. And um, he has a very, very set technique. To me, it looks every picture just seems... He just does the same picture every every week for 300 shows. But it gets worse. turns out that he saw a bloke doing a TV show on public TV, as they call it over there. Um, and um, he was using this method, so Bob Ross used that method. I mean, he, he worked for the guy and was like became his second in command. So it, it's not even Bob Ross's method. Oh,
1: I'm, I'm Ross. surprised that this is what you thought of as the uh, as the big reveal of Bob Ross's. I felt like the fact that his hair was permed was the <clears throat> that was oh, that was a <sighs> shocker.
2: Did they, did, I mean, was that revealed?
1: Yeah. They oh. said that he was a
0: straight-haired man who permed his hair so he didn't have to cut it so often because funds were very low. Now, that <laughs> does not sound like a believable excuse <laughs> to me. Yeah. I, you know, I remember Kevin Keegan at least had the gall to just say, no, I think it looks great. <laughs> but, so, I, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought Bob was disingenuous in the extreme. He wasn't, what was his, Martin his...
2: Shaw's excuse? Actually, his was own natural, I think, wasn't yeah, it, Martin oh, Shaw? Was it?
0: And so, um, Gambit as well. I think his was uh, natural. Okay. You know Gambit from the New Avengers. Yes, Gareth I know. Hunt. Okay. Anyway, this shall is, we um...
2: go back to our international friends? Yes. You were. You um had uh, you asked me the question? <laughs> Does Flying Ant Day happen on the continent? Joe Keating says, flying ants witnessed here in Japan today. I thought you'd like to know. Sophie Williams, Frank was asking if there's flying ant day on the continent. We certainly have it here in Greece.
0: Ah, In Japan as well. Yeah. Mm. And France. That is, uh, the reason I asked about France is because uh, Marion Cotillard, when I explained it to her, denied all knowledge of flying ant day. But um, even I didn't think they did it in Japan. That's fantastic. Well,
2: uh, we have got someone living in France who said, uh, This is Laurie Witten. And uh, she says, Living in France, yes, we have flying ant days. They generally foresee a big storm.
0: Can I say I'm a bit disappointed you didn't say we? Yeah. <laughs> but, you yeah, know. So um, I, I usually I uh, around this time I ask you guys what's in the, the news. I know it's a, a risk nowadays because there's so much awfulness,
1: but there's usually a bit of jollity out there. Well, there is. There, there's still some. Um, there's a story this week that two children in the uh, Shanghai Museum of Glass. Oh yes. Uh, They knocked over a Disney castle that was a blown glass sculpture worth over £50,000. The sculpture uh, has taken the artist 500 hours to complete. Half a million glass loops in it. Spires made of 24-carat gold. Sounds terrible. It does sound (laughs) horrible. (laughs) Sounds like probably a thing that is better smashed. It sounds like an accident waiting to happen, but apparently they were playing TIG or Chase or something and ran through a barrier and, and knocked it over. Mm. I mean, I think it should have been in the news, just as partly a PR on behalf of children who are often accused of not running and not moving around anymore, you know, with the childhood obesity. Yeah, and well, it, I think
0: here's... A, a PR for TAG as well, which I thought was um, <laughs> on the way out. Uh-huh. Still popular, and it turns out, in the Far East. Probably not bad for China to be in the press in a positive way as well. Yeah, you think Tag in China has gone off the boil a bit in recent years? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it gives you a bit more purpose in your running away.
2: <laughs> I mean, when you can you imagine them telling that story, trying to get sympathy, the parents? And they begin it saying, well, I mean, the kids, they were just playing chase in the Shanghai Museum of Glass. (laughs) I mean, come on. (laughs) What were you honestly expecting?
1: Yeah, it's quite close to a modern version of Bull in China shop, isn't it? Playing children in modern Museum of Glass. Yes. Well, it's a good job. I mean, if they'd been throwing stones, there would have
0: been no (laughs) possible proverbial comeback. (laughs) because <laughs> they'd been warned by that. i, I tell you this... what, the, the parents did say, which I thought was rash indeed. <laughs> <laughs> what well, I would not say if my child ran into a £50,000 glass castle is we'll pay for any damages, is what they said, which oh. is insanity. I would have said yeah. my child could have been killed by that badly secured... <laughs> Glass Castle. <laughs> oh man, can you imagine? I mean, what's it got so they said it if, if it you know if it's gotta be mended, we'll pay for it. That's the stupidest thing anyone's ever said. Yeah. I
2: mean I hope they've got a side hustle because that's gonna take a while to to pay off that one. Well, they must yeah, be fairly
1: rich people.
2: If what? they haven't got
1: that many money, are they just gonna end up like washing the dishes in the kitchen like old school? That's well, a good whatever watching, happened to. Watching the yeah, watching the exhibits with Winderling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Frank! I, you know what? I ate glass as well. Really you I ate. Extraordinary glass. Say? Glass. I don't mind windows. <laughs> but you know, we did a thing about working class or, ornaments um, a few oh, yeah. Yeah, weeks back. I always think that was you know, those glass fish that had got like a bit of squiggly paint in them. In the glass, did you oh, remember those? I They'd do. stand on their fins, that, ugly, and they used to be like glass clowns <laughs> that people used to have. Really, the most horrible stuff. And well, I... um, I'll tell you something. I went to Elton John's villa in Nice, and he'd got <laughs> loads of it. Like, unironically, <laughs> oh, I didn't say. I didn't say. Well, I didn't say, simple as Not that. Not till now on the road. No, no. Well, no.
2: you know what? That's, what, that's why you're tilt-handing.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is more than I can say for the um, <laughs> Disney castle in the Shanghai Museum.
3: <laughs> <you>
0: <laughs> Have you ever been to the Disney castle at um, Disneyland Paris?
2: We should say there are two castles for avoidance of doubt. This was based on the Cinderella Castle, which um, Uh, is the one in Disney World. The OG is the Sleeping Beauty Castle in California. Well, the one
0: in Paris, um, I went into the, you know, this fantastic Disney castle like you get on all the films and stuff. And uh, it's mainly offices. There's a shop of course In the bottom there's a a dragon cave But um, generally speaking it's an enormous disappointment As as much as I loved um, Disneyland Paris I'm saying that as if I'm going to get any freebies from there But I tell you something (laughs) The first time I went to Disneyland Paris They gave me a guide for the day Who took us to the front of every queue and you could, we could just go on the rides over and over again. It was brilliant. Free cool. tickets. I mean, it was just joyous. The next time, no guide, but still free tickets. The next time, a bit less. Um, last time, I think I got a free balloon um, <laughs> for the Tarzan, the Tarzan cartoon. Um, it's it's been a, a downward slope for me and uh, Disneyland Paris. I'll be straight with you. <laughs> We were talking about um, the Disney Castle and its um, its collapse uh, <laughs> at the Shanghai Museum. Is it true, I, I, this could be an urban myth, but there was a story oft told mm. that a, a, a woman and a child, I think the child had been, he'd been ill or something at um, Disneyland in Florida, whatever that Disney place is called, and so they took them into a little staff thing so the child could sit down and have a drink of water and whatnot. And um, the child saw the Mickey Mouse character taking its head off. And um, the child was so traumatized by this. Because I should say if there's any children listening, there are, there's the real Mickey Mouse and then there's, some, there's one or two um, impressionists. And uh, the child saw the head coming off and was traumatized. And the mother ended up uh, taking Disney to, to, I think, got an out-of-court settlement for
1: mm.
0: many, many thousands of dollars. Have you heard that, or have, is that is, is it no, an I, urban? I
2: have heard something similar because they're so strict, aren't they? But I th- I believe there's a line painted at which point the character, the actors, are allowed to take the heads off, and not before that line.
0: Um, and, but there used to be another. Um, do you remember the stuff that no um, of the male staff could have moustaches, beards, or sideburns? Because oh. it was felt that it wasn't sort of child friendly enough.
2: Is that right?
1: Mm. Well, we'll wait till, till they hear about well. Santa.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I think they also. I, I imagine <laughs> there were some concerns in France with the uh, the possibility of characters being seen. You know, Goofy with a yeah
0: because um yeah not easy to smoke if you're goofy i wouldn't have thought <laughs> it all seems such a long way away from your head all the action yeah. is happening there would be it would be an ironic um death wouldn't it for children to be killed by a falling disney castle <laughs> it seems like the wrongest death you could have In there is a one of my favourite. I love a piece of you know really hardcore irony. When you think, oh, I can't believe that. That for many years people were always saying that um, Walt Disney was cryogenically preserved. Yeah. You know, he was in a fridge somewhere. You must have heard this. Well, I'd say
2: he's in the cryogenics chair,
0: to be honest. yeah, I'd agree with that. I think Mm. when people talk about cryogenics, they talk about Walt Disney. Mm. Sometimes people say it's just his head that's been... That's right. As as, as, if if anyone isn't aware of this, the idea is that people are frozen, and when, when a cure is found for whatever they had or some sort of eternal life elixir, they can bring them back take him out of the fridge and bring him back to life. It's a complete myth. He's not, he was, um, and the irony is, is he was cremated. Oh really? Walt Disney. And the irony for me is ashes. Of course is what you put on ice to stop them from being, to stop it from being slippy. So to ah. me it's, it's the most ironic, um, confusion that you could have. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite piece of hardcore irony? Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be uh, Clint Eastwood allergic to horses has got to be up there.
1: He isn't. He is. You we'll just keep
0: coming out with these
1: big ironies.
0: Look, we'll come back to this.
3: Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner on
0: Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochrane. Don't text us. Um, we are not live, unfortunately, but soon we will be. Um, But don't text us today. You can, however, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the radio or you can email us via the Absolute Radio website. We were um, talking. I was slightly rudely interrupted, not by you guys, but by um, a sudden gust of wind in the north room where I'm working um, has led to my life size cardboard Dalek crumbling and sort of slightly crashing into my bedside lamp i've actually that's taken a, a photo it. of it and uh, I'll, I'll put that up so you can see what a horror it is to see
1: a dalek fall like that good uh, good work keeping it relatable with your house that's so big you have to have uh, north south east and west
0: well i work in good the um, i work in the the top room but there's a um, as you know, I recently did a poetry podcast, and uh, there is a poem by William Carlos Williams where he talks oh, about yes. being in the North Room, and ever since then I've referred to this <laughs> as the North. I don't even know if he means the top bit, but it might just be like literally the room that's at the, you know, at the North. But anyway, that's why I call it now.
2: The room where it happens. Uh, also, Al, I believe <clears> the <throat> sentence, um, what a horror it is to see a Dalek fall, also works without the word
0: fall. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. That's because they're the uh, the most terrifying vil- villains in the cosmos. Oh, so spooky. Let they us are. not figure Can I say on the subject of poetry that uh, Emily Dean earlier told me I've 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 written a book about how to enjoy poetry, and Emily Dean told me when it was coming out. (laughs) Yes,
2: I was I was cruising online as I tend to, and I suddenly saw a press announcement saying Frank Skinner to release
0: poetry book. Who knew? It's not, can I say, it's not, it's about poetry. I haven't written any poetry. Can I reassure you? Okay, we've all so, had a day. I, I heard about the might... poetry app. Yeah, have you got poetry news updates? Yeah. Do you remember when I, <laughs> I downloaded that and never got any, so I got the 69p back from iTunes.
2: <laughs> one of your greatest oh. and simultaneously lowest points.
0: <laughs> it was. That's ages ago as well. Please, never, I'm very not excited. One alert.
2: Oh, do you know what, Frank? Now you've got the poetry book out, you're going to get invites from people like Will Gompertz. Mm-hmm. You know do you the posh think so? people. Yeah. yeah, you'll be in the arts now. Do you know now. Will
0: Gompertz? No, you should put a bit of cream on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it doesn't quite work that, but it's still it was near enough. Works um, enough. Well, well, you get a you get an A for effort. <laughs> um, I was talking about hardcore irony this is not off the back of me writing a poetry book but um, but uh, I think the most hardcore do you know what I mean by hardcore irony when something you think oh I can't believe that like Clint Eastwood is one along with John Wayne I would say one of the great western stars of all time Mm. is allergic to horses
1: yeah I think Uh, I think that's that's Definitely pretty ironic. That's a of irony, yeah.
0: And the other one, which I think is obviously, um, with all due respect to his family and all that, the man who bought the Segway company. <laughs> you know this. He he went on a Segway, and went over a cliff, and that yeah. was how he uh, lost his life. So that is, I mean, it's tragic, but you cannot it's awful, deny there yeah. is an irony to yeah. that. Um, I must have told you, but I'm going to tell you again. I was once driving over um, <laughs> Lambeth Bridge in London, and I saw a man coming in the other direction. A man with like a suit and tie on on a <laughs> Segway, and I thought, "Oh, big guy, do you have to be to be doing that?" And when he got close, uh, it was Lemby Opik, <laughs> and uh, that's so big you have to be. <laughs> answered the question <laughs> of course he'll be uh, I was going to say I'll be laughing on the other side of his face but that's not, like. not
2: quite
0: right but he will be um, celebrating this week because he really? has predicted that an asteroid is going to hit the earth for years he's been saying that and now it might well be as I was explaining earlier that one uh, smashed into Birmingham yesterday Um, If I remember the details right, let's hope that didn't happen because um, I've got property there. Yeah, of course it would be be awful.
3: Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio.
0: We were talking about the uh, the Disney Castle, and it's um, the glass version of it that got smashed this week. Mm. I um, do you remember when I? Told you, um, I, I remember Emily had a particularly strong response to this. That when I grew up in in the in the Black Country, we used to used to be lots of men who drove motorbikes <laughs> and mopeds and stuff, and they didn't bother taking off their crash helmets, <laughs> so they would just go. Into shops and stuff, like still yeah. in their crash helmets and order and get a newspaper and have a chat and then leave. It's an absolute commonplace. Yeah. And I recently, on the Disney subject, I um, uh. I got Disney Plus. Yeah, I paid for it. I paid for it. God, Did you? So yeah. I'm in the shock to hear that. And I got it in order to watch The Mandalorian, which is uh, the new sort of Star Wars based series. <laughs> And in it, it's about a man who never removes his helmet. The Mandalorian. It really took me back to those days of my youth when those blokes wandered about in their crash helmet. Just couldn't be bothered to. He's going to carry a crash helmet. Easiest place to carry it on your head. What? Yeah, absolutely. What I
2: like, I I like the idea of a man um, breaking up with you whilst not even bothering to remove the crash helmet. Well, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it's not good news. Uh, he's not going to make it. I'm afraid.
0: There has been I mean, uh, times I've I've dumped people when I'd I'd wished I'd had a crash <laughs> helmet. I <laughs> will <laughs> tell you something I ought to do uh, that my next book is things I used to see a lot but I don't since I moved to London, um, and one thing when I lived again when I lived in the Black Country, which is something I never see now. Um, is I used to see lots of blokes walking around with a cue case.
1: Oh yeah. And I, I mean, do you see that in Manchester, Al? I don't see it in Manchester, but I really associate it with Scotland. Whenever I oh. go to Scotland, I see somebody carrying a cue case.
0: It was just, it was the only luggage I ever really <laughs> saw, saw men with. It mm. was, a, was a nice, neat cue case where people thought, they used to moan about the cues in snooker all, you know, they weren't good enough and et cetera, et cetera.
1: I think Steve Davis lost a queue and was then so attached to the replacement that he would go to hotels with it at breakfast and stuff, that a friend who was into snooker told me that he was very attached to his queue. Well
0: I've, um, what I would like to do is to get a cue case and then all my work, any writing I do, I'd, I'd start working more on scrolls than notebooks. Oh, yeah. And then what? I could carry that and the pens and stuff in a lovely uh, case. That'd be good. Lo- and maybe, maybe I could maybe have my your own chopsticks. <laughs> right you know, a new post- show
1: on Till Ribbon. You know that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> that would be great, wouldn't it? The till- yeah. It could be called um, Till Ribbon. You know, on on tour or something like that. Mm. <laughs> oh, Till Ribbon, <laughs> be a great um, surname for a character in an Oscar Wilde short story. <laughs> <laughs> Josiah Till Ribbon. Anyway,
2: Frank, you're talking yes, we about talking. writing. I would like to give our readers details of the book because you were a bit. I wish I had them. You, you <laughs> no, know more than I. I have them. <laughs> them. That's um, you were a bit mysterious about it, and that's no way to be. Can I tell you? Um, no the book is out on the 10th of september good choice and you could it is called frank do you know the name of the book
0: i believe it's called um how to enjoy poetry is that right
2: correct Mm. as part of the little ways to live a big life series you can pre-order it now (laughs) thank you so much
0: for that (laughs) um can we say emily dean's um book is still available in all good bookshops al anything you want to (laughs) plug I've not even
1: written a memo. <laughs> not even on until, Ribbon. <laughs>
3: Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio.
0: On, on that um, subject of children breaking uh, an expensive um, museum exhibit, um, which obviously would normally be a terrible thing, but for some reason when it's a glass version of the Disney castle doesn't seem to matter. Um, I I don't know if I, This is not a lovely story But as a child I was I think I was f- I was four <laughs> I think I was four And um, The The little girl Next door Was standing on What we used to call The Palins Which was like a it, it wasn't We didn't live near The Michael Palins family it's like a fe- fence that used to the council used to put up when I was a kid, and they were like um sticks joined together by wire, you know, if you know what yeah. palings are. And this little girl was standing, she was probably my age as well. And she was, sta- I don't mean my age now, I mean my age then. She was standing on the fence, and I said, You know, get off our fence, And she- and she wouldn't and i told her several times and i was losing my temper and in the end i picked up a very big brick and threw it at her and it split her head open she fell on the floor covered in blood <sighs> and cried and i cried and it was all it was a, an incident you know and it was mm. a terrible thing yeah not nice uh, it is not nice and i've often thought that could have been uh, if that had gone the wrong way, that could have had a, a, a negative view on my my career. You don't get oh. many junior murderers... Oh! Who, I like the
2: fact
0: that, that you've well instantly in
2: the... gone career <laughs> rather than morality. It's something
0: that I look back on. <laughs> Obviously, I don't, I don't I wouldn't want to have, have killed the, the child either. But um, mm. do you know what I mean? The junior murderer... I can't think of any junior murderers who've done well in Night Entertainment. Yeah, maybe.
1: Yes. No. No, you're right. There's That's something bad.
0: about murdering. Uh, they'd pick, there's no appreciation of the prodigy aspect <laughs> in uh, murdering. <laughs> there's something like... There's no there's sort some... of Mozart of murder. a like, no.
2: Virtuoso.
1: No, exactly.
2: There's, there's, there's some, I've got to be honest, that I believe would be capable of murder. I think we all know who they are. Children, children like
1: entertainment.
0: No, yeah, in the Entertainment industry, Oh, no, you yeah. mean as children. Yeah, but the thing mm. is, as a kid, would I... I would still now have felt responsible for that, even though it was something I did when I was four in a temper. It mm, would still yeah. have been me. There's no getting around to it. I mean, thank God it was, turned out to be just a flesh wound mm. in yeah. the end. Uh, she never really forgave me. I think that's true to say, but fair, fair enough. enough. But you know, so the Disney castle pales into um, comparison f- for me than uh, yeah. the neighbor's kid. Mm. I also well, I had a, can I just say, I said, when I got older, this is a slightly different story. Do you remember the baby burko? I don't mean the, uh, the younger, former speaker of the house. A baby birko was like a mini washing machine that people just did nappies in.
1: In All the right. days
0: when people used to wash nappies.
2: Oh, was it like, I remember the baby belling, the little, the little stove we'd had, the mini stove at school. It was similar, well, similar was thing. A,
0: Maybe there was baby, all the appliance, all the white goods maybe came in baby versions in those And then days. just a the beer
1: fridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the small, like, <laughs> men behaving badly fridges yeah, people exactly. that people had in their living room.
2: Oh, that's Sometimes my deal breaker. If I walk the into a man's in house, rooms. there's a beer
0: fridge out. Do you yeah. know the ones in dressing rooms with a glass door, that see-through door? Yeah. Is it like it's one clever. of those? Yeah. yeah. So, um, anyway, there was one of those, and on top of it was a piece of art that someone had done at school and it was a phoenix made from scrap metal and i leaned on the thing and the phoenix uh my elbow at the baby burko the phoenix fell off and the the point of its wing went into my forehead ouch and i bled quite a lot and for months after i looked like i was the victim of a reckless von Procedure. <laughs> um, so again, for me, worse than the Disney Castle getting broken. <laughs> Frank Skinner,
3: Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio.
0: We were um, talking earlier about uh, the irony of the fact that Clint Eastwood, the great cowboy, is allergic to horses. In in uh, reality. And I've just remembered another... That would be a good uh, text in, wouldn't it? Um, Favourite Clint Eastwood facts. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, I remember he got sacked once from a movie. I remember reading this because um, the director said his Adam's apple was too big. (laughs) (laughs) That is a... uh, and I think Bert Reynolds was sacked by the same director and said to Clint Eastwood, he sacked me because he said I couldn't act. He said, <laughs> but I can learn to act. You can do nothing about your Adam's apple. <laughs> At least he's got hair, Bert.
1: Yeah, yeah. This, uh, this director had some very tight terms and conditions of employment, <laughs> didn't
0: he? Do you know <laughs> where, how old Clint Eastwood is? Uh, 90. I
1: mean, do, he was I mean,
0: 90 in, uh, in, I think, May.
1: Oh, was he? Wow. Well, okay. that was a good guess. Yeah. Your Frank, we were Quite talking please, about...
2: We've been talking about breakages, and I've just remembered... Didn't you have a nativity scene breakage, or am I imagining oh, that? Oh, yeah, I remember
0: this. It wasn't actually... What happened was that I was head shepherd in the school um, nativity uh, play, and we were supposed to... I, we had to lead the shepherd so that we could kneel... Um, around the baby Jesus, that's what we were told to do. So um, I went in and someone had forgot to put the plastic doll who represented the baby Jesus in the actual manger. Mm. And he was in a crisp box at the back mm. of the stage. So I went and knelt at the crisp box following <laughs> that word. Mm. And the headmistress, who I shouldn't name, was so furious she picked me up by my ankle and Sort of swung me round, yes. And um, there are other details to this story <laughs> I which I can't really go into. But well, um,
2: that's one of my favourite. I love that story. But I, it, I was actually referring to a moment with Buzz where I believe you'd gone oh, into yeah. a oh, church sorry. and I think yes. Buzz might have broken something. Yes,
0: Buzz uh, broke a head off one of the. He he, he was a <laughs> small and he pushed one of the shepherds and it fell over, and its head um, snapped off. So we went knocked on the door of the vicarage, mm-hmm. and uh, no answer. Oh. And so I went to the. Where is local he when you pa- need him? Exactly, you know, it's not the fair, only It's a busy control. time
1: for them at Christmas.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's good for you to stick up for the church. Right. <laughs> I say the church, at <laughs> church. And um, I went to the local paper shop, got super glue, went back into the church and um, stock his head back on. And in fact, every year, this was in Cheltenham, every year we go back and have a look at that um, shepherd. And although I did a pretty good job, there's still a bit of a um, Bride of Frankenstein (laughs) scar on the neck where the head was put on.
2: That's where the light gets in. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) do, do you think the parents should have done similarly? I do.
0: Well, I, I imagine if the Disneyland uh, castle goes over, though, it's a big, loud. And, and also, <laughs> it, you don't get it, it wouldn't be that there was no one in the Shanghai Glass yeah. Museum <laughs> and they went and knocked on the door of the Glasseridge.
1: Yeah. There was no answer. <laughs> You can't imagine it happening and the dad going, nothing to see here, and just putting his hands to each side of himself. No, and the dad like
0: he's going to the gift shop for super glue. It's, it's a different context altogether. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Absolute radio. So, um, as we near the end of the show, have we got AOB? We have. Uh
2: Armitage has got in touch regarding in at the deep end moments in his in life. He has straight to solids as a child.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't be right, can more it? details. <laughs>
2: you know Can the, the child
0: it, go straight to solids? Do you know what, Al? I
2: like the lack of detail. That's uh, what but, I love about it. The purity but, of that. I wonder he if they're talking there's...
0: about uh, a pool game because I, I, I knew blokes that used to call um, the spots, they used to call them solids. Oh, uh, yeah. Could he have meant that? No. Mm. I,
1: I like the idea that he went from being a baby drinking milk to sitting at a table with cutlery, <laughs> but with
0: no well, random. He wouldn't was. have drunk milk, would he? He'd have gone straight to solids. That's the point. Mm. Amazing.
2: James sure. has also got in touch and said first journey after passing his driving test for the seventh time was from Aberdeenshire to West Yorkshire.
0: Wow. Very first drive. My very first unaccompanied drive, I went on Spaghetti Junction.
1: Oh, that's big. Which that's is um, in at the yeah. deep end. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But she had promised. <laughs> God, um, so,
1: uh, You've also yeah.
2: asked. You also um, asked about people's favourite sort of ironies, with the example yeah, of Clint think... Eastwood being allergic to horses. Exactly. And we've had a couple of responses to that. Rob Doolan. Only one of the Beach Boys knew how to surf.
0: Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Dennis Wilson. I think He's the only one who surfed
2: also love a pop star named Dennis doesn't happen often these days Dominic Jones is very root one but the drummer from ZZ Top is named Frank Beard despite boys can you finish that
0: being the only one in ZZ Top without a beard correct it is it is a yeah it's a it's a fabulous fact though yeah Mm. do you think there was any deliberateness in that did he think that he'd, he'd, already, he'd brought enough beard to the table, as it uh, were, yes. with his name?
2: His beard work was done.
0: Yeah, yeah I, hope I that was so. Uh, I hope that was the case.
2: Mm. And um, finally, I, we've got Neil Shepperton who says, um, the Melton Mowbray, Mowbray pork pie oh. ambassador, is a vegetarian, he's revealed.
0: No. Clint Eastwood, and this is my, an, another in my list of Clint Eastwood facts, is uh, vegan. He's not. That doesn't seem right, does it?
2: Well, can he I tell isn't. you what else doesn't seem right? Lady Gaga of meat dress fame bringing out a vegan beauty range.
0: Oh. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe she did, that meat dress, she, she just had an enormous bruise <laughs> and she was operating <laughs> on the black eye theory. I, I don't know if people ever really put steak on a, on a black eye have you ever put steak on a black eye and um, that is email us about that i, I think it might be a, it might be up there with um, mickey mouse's head so to speak <laughs> which um yes i um so look we we moved to the end of the show now and um we believe god willing um that next week we will be back in the studio and live which will be fantastic I'm very excited about that there may be masks but you know so what um, Sarah Champion is up next do listen to her and uh, we were just pontificating as to whether when she got together with her family at Christmas they sang we are the champions if they don't then they have let me down enormously <laughs> anyway thanks for listening if the good lord spares us and the creeks don't rise we'll be back again this time next week stay frosty listen.